0: Have all the questions been answered? Have all the motivations been resolved? Have all the tensions been uh, addressed? Taylor Stevens, the New York Times best-selling and award-winning author of the kick-ass Vanessa Michael Monroe thrillers, and this is The Taylor Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell, where we are kicking writing in the butt, one word at a time.
1: Taylor, this is episode three in our three-part series on story structure, where we talk about beginnings, middles, and ends. And before we get to that, you and I had an interesting conversation when we finished the last episode, we finished recording the last episode, I, and I, I said almost exactly the same, same thing. Each time we finished an episode, wow, that was a good one. And you said, I'm not sure we're giving people enough specific information or something like that. Is that that about what you said?
0: Well, sort of. It's like, this show is about writing. It's about kicking writing in the butt and um, people come to us for specific writing advice and i was just kind of worried that this what these this series has been and maybe we should have made it a little clearer when we first started was that we are discussing it like i don't have a lot of advice that i'm aware of on these subjects and i i just i always worry that i don't want to waste people's time and, you know, have them come looking for answers and then there are no answers.
1: But what I think makes this so interesting and why by the time we get to the end of each of these episodes, I think, wow, that was a great show. And I personally would want to listen to something like this is that we're coming at it from two completely different perspectives because you are completely self-taught and you're a natural storyteller and a lot of this stuff... You've never heard of, but just through life experience, uh, seeing things, reading things, hearing things, your books tend to fall into these structures. Whereas I'm coming from it from a completely different standpoint, where I'm trying to learn how to do these things. So I've been reading these books and taking these classes on story structure, and and my story structure tends to suck. So I'm I'm working hard on it and. Some of the things I'm doing you would think are completely silly, but you know, I think between the two different perspectives, the result is a pretty interesting show. So I hope you guys out there listening uh, agree. I guess if you're here on the third show, you must have enjoyed the first two.
0: (laughs) Either that or you're just waiting for it to be over.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you're waiting for it to be over, it will soon be over. This is the third episode. Okay, the ending there's a lot that goes into creating an ending, but as a reader, one of the things that's most important to me and probably um for you as well as as the author is leaving the reader with a sense of satisfaction joy whatever whatever the the reaction you want from the reader to be and mostly I can't wait till the next book comes out. <laughs> <laughs> well that would be nice. <laughs> so you've got you know you've got the beginning you've got the end there's this problem the character has to resolve the problem save the day save the damsel on the railroad track stop the ship whatever whatever it may be um, save the movie star They have to solve the problem. But as an author, you also have to do it in such a way that the reader walks away from it going, man, that was a good book. I want to tell my friends about it, and I can't wait till the next book comes out. So in the next 20 minutes, tell us how to do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right, yeah. Let's get right to it. When I'm getting close to finishing a book, The biggest challenge for me is fighting book fatigue, which is I think there's a tendency for authors who don't write a book a month to just wanna get it done, get it over with. And so I tend to drag out my endings a little bit, specifically to compensate for book fatigue, for writing fatigue. And that is the one part of the writing process that I'm very conscious of is trying to make it so that the ending does not feel rushed, so that the reader doesn't feel cheated, that they got through this whole long slog and then what? It's over? That at least in the thriller genre, there's sort of this, um, I guess you could call it an expectation that there's going to be some big bang for your buck you're gonna you're gonna have the explosions and the chases and I had this come up in writing the mask where the original version of it is that Monroe gets this call in the night and she knows that bad guy has someone that she cares about and basically laces up her boots and it's like all right let's do this and that's where the book ended I mean, there was more to it and we saw, you know, people that she loved got set free and whatnot. But my, my agent pointed out that, you know, your readers might feel cheated if they don't actually get, her, get to see her slice the bad guy to bits.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I thought about that and it would have meant having to write another two chapters, maybe more, which writing them is one thing, but Creating them, it's it's a it's choreography. It's creating a location. It's creating a mental process. It's figuring figuring out how somebody is going to do it and to do it in a way that feels real. It's crawling back into that very violent psyche and seeing things through the eyes of bloodlust which is not naturally me. It's it's not easy to just it's one thing to just go write two chapters of dialogue. It's another thing to write two chapters of this finely tuned try and make it realistic when you yourself are not a bloodthirsty killer <laughs> action. But she was right and I knew she was right. And I talked to my editor about it and said, "You know, this is what my agent is suggesting." And the editor's like, "You know, It's really up to you. The book ends really well the way that it is. uh, But if you want to add the extra chapters, I don't think that it's going to drag it out or anything. I said, no, I need to write those chapters. And so I did. And so we get those chapters in the story as it is now. Because I felt that it would, for all those readers who read these stories because they want to see the character kick ass why would I deprive them of the biggest ass-kicking scene in the whole book? Mm-hmm. So the ending, I think it's really important to keep in mind why your, why your readers will be reading this book and not to deprive them of that. That's like the one unforgivable rule of of being an author is to get to the end and then have it go. Eh. And for me, the other thing that that's really important in an ending and i don't look at it in terms of structure i look at it in terms of the way it makes someone feel is have all the questions been answered have all the motivations been resolved have all the tensions been uh, addressed in the sense of we may not have full resolution on everything but do we have enough that we can leave this story and go okay okay that all came together and I like the way that happened or I hated the way that happened because you're going to get it both ways. And yet there's something that still used me going, well, well, what happens to the characters next? What are the characters going to do next? So mm-hmm. the story is complete, but there's still that sense of, well, when's the next when's the next episode?
1: And is that intentional when when you do that? And I'm thinking specifically of the ending to The Mask, which I loved. It's It's one of my favorite endings of your books just the exact way that that book ends it just leaves you banging your head on the nightstand if you're reading in bed going how long do i have to wait for the next book because it was you know the story was complete but there was this new thing that had been opened up as as a part of the ending like what's going to happen to these people and we just don't know and right. I, you know i i guess the catch kind of ended that way as well and I, 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 I just can't remember the endings that well of the others. Maybe they all end that way.
0: Well, see, for me, unless I have mo- multiple books under contract and, and I'm heading into writing the first book in that contract, like in the moment I've already written the first book that, and then got the contract. But in, unless I'm in a situation where I have a contract and then I'm going into writing the first book, I never know if this, the last book in that contract will be the last book. So I always have to keep that in mind. I never want to leave so much of an unanswered question or a cliffhanger or anything that if that was the last book, the readers would be left with this, what? Like, that's how I felt. I don't watch a lot of TV, Mm -hmm. but I started watching the show, was it Heroes? Um, It was several years ago. Mm -hmm. And then I found out that they quit after like two, was it two seasons or something? And so then I'm like, well, I wish I never would have started it to begin with because I'm never going to get any resolution. I'm never going to know how this thing actually ends. And I never want to do that to my readers, where they're following these people, these characters, because I know every book is going to be self-contained for story, but people don't only read for the story, they read for the characters. Mm -hmm. And so I always want to make sure that there's enough resolution that they're not left hanging like in the middle of a trilogy or something going, "Uh, now what? And they never get their resolution. But I'm okay with them going, their minds keep thinking, going, I wonder, I wonder what happened to so-and-so. I wonder what happened to so-and-so. And I and I get questions from readers saying, you know, are you ever going to bring this character back into the book so we can see how, to the series, so we can see how their life, life has been. And I'm like, no, not really. I don't see a purpose to that because just like any other, you know, like let's say a police detective or an FBI agent or CIA officer, they might have a challenged job that people come into their lives, they fix whatever it is that it was, those other people move on with their lives, and your, the character, the person, moves on with theirs. And they don't, they're not email buddies and Facebook friends or whatever after that. They just move on with their lives. They, people came into their lives, they X their lives. So for a lot of the surrounding characters, if there's a little bit of, well, what's going to happen five years from now, I'm okay with letting that go because that's real life.
1: You mentioned television shows, and, and this is this is probably something that we can all we all have experience with, where there's a show and you watch it, and it's really good, and it gets canceled, and. You read that it was canceled like three episodes before you see the last episode, which is typically in the middle of a season. Like, you know, it's getting canceled because the show is so good. It gets canceled in the middle of the season. If it was completely (laughs) average, it it would go on for 10 seasons. Um, (laughs) um, But I was watching this one show and this show was terrible. Uh, Granted, it was terrible. I, I watched it because it took place in Las Vegas and it had good looking characters. And that was the only reason I tuned in to watch the first episode episode and after 10 (laughs) minutes i thought this is the worst show on television it won't even be back for a second episode but i kept watching and i wound up i set the dvr to record them and then i never watched another episode until i was sick and i just laid down on the couch and watched them all and it, it had been canceled by then it i think it made nine episodes but what they did, and I loved it as as someone who had watched the show, they they did something to the last five minutes of the show to wrap up every loose thread, and it Very made nice. no sense in the context of the show. You know, it, the whole show was like trying to find this guy's wife who had disappeared. He thought she was dead. It turns out she's still alive, and they wrapped it all up in five minutes. But it was at the end of it, I'm like. I'm glad they did that. You know, it's like the show kind of sucked the whole way through, but they were really pretty people, (laughs) and (laughs) and the settings were great, and
0: and they and they gave you your resolution. They gave me
1: the resolution, and I'm like, okay, that's good. Um, But what you were talking about, and I see it more and more in the indie community, where the book a month thing, where you're, you know, the next book is only. A few weeks away uh, they're leaving open threads that really put readers off and i see in reviews like i really love this series but i'm not going to read it anymore because this book wasn't finished properly and i understand that as a reader and I, I i guess if you're writing an ending that's the worst possible thing that you can do is is something like that so what you were talking about is is like leaving a thread open, but but shutting down all the rest of them, answering all the questions.
0: Yes, like in this book, that is the new starts off the new series. There are definitely open threads, but they are not critical to the characters. Like you're not left going. There's no. The, the, it doesn't matter if there's not resolution to that because the grand, the whole story. The big story had resolution. And if you got another book or didn't get another book, you may or may not have those questions answered, but the characters themselves are aware of maybe not getting answers and the characters are okay about it. And so that makes that is enough to give the readers the resolution that they need. Okay. But I, I, I have quit reading authors who just dragged on and dragged on and didn't give me the ending of a story. I'm just like, I'm done. You're toying with me, and I don't like being manipulated like this. I'm out. And I know I'm not the only one like that.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, when we when we talked last week about the transition from the middle to the end, uh, I, I was talking specifically about situations where, you know, it—, it the situation is completely bleak for the protagonist. It looks like there's no way out, and that's a transition towards the end. And I know we've talked about this through the first couple of episodes, and you don't use this kind of story structure. You don't impose this kind of story structure on yourself. But in general, is there a scene like that that works its way into your books organically where it's just like, like it, it really can't get much worse than this? And it's time to transition into the ending, to to Monroe saving the day?
0: Not consciously, if it happens. I think it's almost like more a case of she has all the pieces of the puzzle, and the readers are aware that they are now two steps behind and don't quite know what's going on, and— the transition that closes everything up is what's catching them up to speed and they're starting to understand oh that's what she figured out oh that's mm-hmm. her plan so it's not so much that things can't get any worse it's more a case of understanding how things come together
1: all right there there's this thing in books that I, I see, and I, I don't know what percentage it is, but it's, I see it often enough that it annoys me, where it's like the story's over, and then there's this final chapter where two people are having a conversation, and they answer all the questions because they weren't able to, to answer them in the story. Um, yeah. I don't know why it annoys me. It, it feels like cheating. It is me. cheating. All right. It is cheating. Okay. And it's so much
0: easier. Like, I, I run into that same problem. How do you answer the questions that weren't answered in the story without having the character, somebody else come in and explain it? And it's, it's such an easy fix. I don't know why more authors don't do it is you just have your own character figure it out. And you show how they figured it out. And you show what they understand and what they don't understand, and what they may not be clear on, but they think it's X, Y, Z. And you don't have to have the bad guy give them the, ah, ha, 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 this was my evil plan or whatever. And it's so much more clever that way because now your character just looks really, really smart. And people like to root for smart characters. They don't like to root for dumb people who have to have everything explained to them, unless they're Forrest Gump, in which case that's different.
1: <laughs> when you were saying, ah-ha-ha, ha, this was my evil plan all along, I, you know, I've, I've read books like that so often, and it's always like, well, I'm glad to, I'm glad to finally, as a reader, understand why this happened. But, man, that, that was lame.
0: <laughs> so I ran into this. Um, we, we've used The Catch a couple of times as, as an example. Example in this, these episodes and um, I ran into that, that same problem with the catch in that Monroe didn't understand why the ship had been hijacked. It, she, she could piece together everything else but couldn't understand that and she, um, she had the answer in the form of the captain. She could get that answer out of him and I didn't want it to be a ah ha ha this is what you don't know moment. So it doesn't come at the end of the book. It comes while they are in transit for the big final fight at the end. It comes when she needs to know it so that she doesn't run into problems with the unexpected and she's willing to kill him to get that information if she has to. And so it's almost less which is a whole lot different than the bad guy having the good guy tied up and saying, let me tell you what you missed through this whole thing. (laughs) So the problem is real. The struggle is real of figuring out how to convey information that your hero doesn't know. But there are ways to go about it without falling into that trap.
1: Okay. One of the tropes in in the kind of books that we write and and read tropes or troops i'm never quite sure how to how to pronounce that do you know no i would (laughs) say tropes but (laughs) okay all right so one of one of the tropes or one of the things that one of the elements that has to be there in a thriller and this gets back to uh, what you were talking about earlier with the mask and or a mystery there has to be this final confrontation between the protagonist and the antagonist. And I've seen books where it's not there. It it takes place another way. Uh, you know, there is there is a confrontation where the protagonist overcomes the antagonist and it's sort of off-screen and and those are maybe I don't know, books books where there just aren't any violence in the books or anything. But how important Is it, in your opinion, to have that, if you're writing a a thriller-ish type novel, to have that last confrontation where the person the reader is rooting for overcomes the person we've come to hate?
0: I think it's going to depend entirely on the book and the author and the expectations, how, how the expectations have been set up in that book all along. The one... Uh, I guess the deciding factor I would use is, is the scene missing because you're afraid or don't know how to write it? If that's why you're not including it, it needs to be there. You're just being scared, get over it. But if it's, yeah, I know how to write this scene and I totally see how it would go down, but I'm not really sure if that's going to be the best way to end it then, you know, it, it could go either way. Uh, and I, I don't think it's, it's a, a case of where you can say hard and fast that this is the way it must be. Then again, go back and l- see all the movies you've watched and think about all the movies you've watched and the books you've read. And, you know, if, if it's just supposed to be there and that's what people are expecting then give them what they want. If it's not going to cost you, you know, the plot, if it's not going to be contrived, if it's not going to ruin the story, give them what they want. I I joked about it with my my editor when it came time to deciding whether to add those extra chapters to the mask, and I said, I've come to understand that um, Monroe is a gladiator, and my readers are the bloodthirsty fans up in the stands going... You know, kill, 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 kill. <laughs> and if I don't feed that bloodlust, they come away very unhappy. So
1: so why did you leave that out in the mask in the, in the first writing?
0: Because the way where the story stopped was a very natural, had a very natural feeling to the ending. It It worked. It was like you came to this sense of resolution. It was okay and so to add those extra chapters i actually had to rework it to ramp it back up, up again so it was a natural uh come down from the peak that had come before it
1: hmm. interesting i read one of the books i've read on story structure was from robert mckee and i, I think it was called story but it might have been called something else but uh, robert mckee right there he teaches screenwriters and has this course around the world that he teaches. It's very expensive, and everyone speaks really well of it. But he also put all of the information in a book, which is so complicated that I, I challenge anyone out there to read it and understand it. But he talked about how endings can change the type of book it is. Whereas, you know, in, in let's use the the mask for an example if the ending had been different, if if the ending had been Monroe went after this person and lost that battle, I mean, that's also an ending. That can be an ending. But in McKee's teaching, then the story becomes a tragedy rather than whatever it was.
0: Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. Or the story's not over
1: yet. Or the story's... And, and yes, and then it's an unsatisfying ending or you darn well better have the next book out the next month.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I mean, we expect, it's a cultural thing. Not every culture wants the same. I, I, the first thing that comes to mind is, um, you know, Japanese anime where there these, these movies don't always have a clear cut bad guy. They don't always have this. This is the villain. This is the hero. They're very complex stories with lots of shades of gray. But to our we are a very black and white culture. We want the guy we root for. We want the guy we hate. If the book doesn't have a clear-cut villain, you get a little bit confused. It's I, I've got that going on in this story that um, I've just, just finished is there's not a clear-cut hero. There's not a well, there's a villain, but you know it, it kind of shifts and um, it, it it messes with our our cultural expectations of what a uh, a thriller should be. So I would imagine that somebody, and I know just from my for, the foreign rights sales discussions I've had with my agent, there are some other countries that are very much in line with our way of. Um, of expecting certain constructs to be the, the German market, for example, really likes American thrillers because that's the way that they think also. Um, but, but it's kind of a crapshoot to see which books will sell in which countries because the, the cultural expectations of how a book works differ a, across the globe.
1: All right, one final question, and then we will end the show on endings. Uh, there's sort of a thing in the mystery writing world And maybe it's a thing in the thriller writing world as well where it's a bonus almost as uh, for the author if there is a final twist at the end. It's like the reader feels like they're at the end and then whammo. Even though there are only five pages left in the book, there is one final twist. Do you... I mean, you've sort of described the way you like to wrap up the books, where the reader is catching up with Monroe. Um, do, you ever, do you ever intentionally throw in like a, a final twist kind of thing that's a real gotcha to the reader?
0: I am not that smart. <laughs> it, it takes a special kind of devious smartness to be able to plot that out. And um, if I have any complaints about my own structure, it's too linear. I have to work so hard at creating the complexity that's in in it. But some people, to some people, that comes naturally. And I would, um, I don't even, I don't have the brain power to come up with that clever twist. That's why I struggle with short stories because short stories generally have some clever thing at the
1: end, and I'm just not that smart. All right, have you ever seen the show Castle? I know what it is. I haven't seen it. Okay. Uh, Julie and I used to watch it a lot until it just, you know, they had... We talked about these crazy cliffhanger endings and they just had one... What they would do is they'd have a crazy cliffhanger ending and then resolving the crazy cliffhanger ending would ruin the first quarter of the next season and we just eventually got tired of it and stopped watching. But it used to be just a joke. The, The shows were so structured that with five minutes to go in the episode, you're looking at your DVR and there's five minutes left. They would inevitably have a person in the witness chair and they'd be talking to them and it would not be the killer, even though there's only five minutes left, it's all set up. And then they would always have that final twist. And so you would not see the killer until it's almost three like minutes left. <laughs> and it it's was...
0: almost like they're having, um, they're, they're writing, uh, they're filming uh 15 you know 40 minutes of the episode uh, and then the next 10 minutes of it are carried into the next show even though it's really they're splitting they're splitting it not where the episode actually ends
1: you know well no that's not what the case is here i mean it's no that
0: that mentality like the, the thing is like here here's here's 45 minutes we'll film uh 40 of it in this episode and start the next one
1: with the, the five oh. minutes that should have been.
0: We'll yes. start there with yeah. that one. you know. And,
1: and, it, and you know, it, it, I don't know, one of the reasons, I mean, it was a charming show. Again, pretty people and interesting settings. But inevitably the, the resolution to the crime would be the person sitting in the witness chair with five minutes to go saying, but it wasn't me, it was this other guy. And that was it. There, oh. There'd be no clue up to that point that it was the other guy, other than the fact that it, with Castle and, I don't know, I think a lot of other shows, the first actor that you recognize that's not a normal part of the cast is always the bad guy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, again, that wraps up our series on beginnings, middles, and ends. As Taylor said in the beginning, we're not really showing you how to do it. There, there really isn't a... One way to do this, and, and hopefully we've we've gotten that uh, that we've we've gotten that point across. Story structure is a loosely applied thing, and and people apply it in in different ways. In in the case of of me, I'm trying to learn structure, and I I try and wedge my way into a very specific structure, almost like Castle does, and Taylor just kind of lets the story begin and end, and it all just kind of works out.
0: Yeah, not by itself though.
1: So I'm curious, for those of you out there listening, and and this is our call to action this week, let us know, either in the comments or post in the Taylor Stevens Fan Club or send us an email. Let us know how closely you adhere to a specific story structure and what story structure you use. I think that we could all learn from each other that way, and that would be kind of fun.
0: I wanna know why too, because I imagine that people do what they do because it works for them, because it helps them. So if someone says, oh, I use a three X structure, I I wanna know the because. Because I have a tendency to do this, therefore this helps me X, Y, Z, because I can learn something from that. Whereas, oh, I I prefer this, this is my way. It doesn't like, okay, great, good for you. So I wanna understand you why you're using what you use and why it helps you
1: okay that'll be great yes that would be even better that's why you are the star of the show and (laughs) i am your humble host
0: (laughs) oh whatever
1: (laughs) thank you all so much for listening we hope you enjoyed this three-part series we will be back with who knows what next week thanks for being with us guys